From Hope Made Strong, this is the Care Ministry Podcast, a show about equipping ministry leaders and transforming communities through care. Supporting those in your church and community not only changes individuals' lives, but it grows and strengthens the church. But we want to do that without burning out. So listen in as we learn about tools, strategies, and resources that will equip your team and strengthen hope. Hey there, welcome to the Care Ministry Podcast. My name is Laura Howe, and today we are going to be talking all about church care coordinators and why I think every church needs one. Now, this is a bold statement for me because I usually don't say what churches should or should not do. I think it's important that each church have a is different than the next, that they don't all have to have the same programs or ministries, and that your church's care ministry needs to be as unique as the people and community you serve. However, when it comes to care, I really do think that every church should have someone doing the role of a care coordinator. Now, I also should share at the outset that I have a very broad perspective of care ministry. Let me share. To me, care ministry is the support or care offered by the church with the intention of strengthening belonging, purpose, and hope, and with the goal to equip the whole person to flourish. Now, back in episode 18, I walked through what it means in detail uh, to offer belonging, purpose, and hope. So at the risk of oversimplifying this, let me explain it just a little bit here. Belonging is creating a safe place where people feel like they belong to a community. This is often seen in things like, or ministries like guest services, meals, compassionate care, and in small groups as well. But it's also uh, seen in creating physical spaces and language that are welcoming or using physical spaces and language that are welcoming, compassionate, and trauma-informed. I really think it's important to offer opportunities to strengthen someone's purpose as well. And this can be seen as in discipleship, uh, gifts or strength finders, and in leadership development. Our churches are filled with people who've been told that they're not good enough or smart enough, strong enough, spiritual enough, worthy enough, but every single person is a child of God, created uniquely in God's image, and they all have giftings and lived experience and have a purpose in the world. So building up training, mentoring, and discipling, uh, by doing all of those things, we are strengthening a person's purpose. Now, offering hope is probably the most familiar function of care ministry. It's probably the most common one or what we think of uh, usually, whether it's a prayer team, pastoral care, hope-filled messages, or small group discipleship. We are sharing the hope of Christ and telling people that there is hope for a better future. Now, many of you who work in care ministry know that there are so many restrictions to what the church has the capacity to offer. Most churches don't have the ability to provide housing or ongoing therapy, trauma support, or recovery treatment. We are dealing or working with uh, small volunteer teams, constrained budgets, and not a lot of space. But the church is perfectly suited to provide the core needs of belonging, purpose, and hope. And this is what care ministry is all about. And I truly think it's the foundational purpose of the local church. So no matter if you are a normal-sized church or a large one, 
the function of a care coordinator is needed. Now, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that the role of the care coordinator should look the same. It it doesn't have to be the same in every church, but in every church, the function of a care coordinator, the responsibilities of care coordination needs to be assigned to a leader or a staff person or a volunteer. A care coordinator is the person who has the pulse of the needs within the church and the community. They don't necessarily meet all the needs, but they coordinate them so that care is being offered consistently. And I can guess right about now that you are either you're either having one or two reactions. You're either sighing a sigh of relief, thinking, oh my goodness, okay, I think we're good. I think our church already has this covered. Or you are drawing a deep breath and nervous about what I am going to share next and what I'm going to say you need to do. So regardless of what reaction you are having, I hope that this episode is challenges you to grow this role and then you realize that it doesn't have to be complicated. I like to keep things simple. So do not hold your breath. It's go- I'm just going to share three primary functions of a care coordinator. And I bet that many of you have these in your church, even though they may not be formally organized. Many churches have the role of coordinator, care coordinator, like I said, in informal ways. For example, there's usually a go-to person or maybe a few people who coordinate prayer, meals, uh, visitation, or know when someone has lost a job or had a new baby. But many churches, especially those under 800 or even 1,000, have not formalized this role or made it so that one person has the responsibility to oversee this area. So there is a big risk that people will fall through the cracks or communication will stop at those go-to volunteers and the rest of the team or staff misses really helpful information. Back in episode 72, I remember talking to Liz Addington. She's the crisis director of Elevation Church, and we spoke about duplicating care, uh, the care ministry across multiple campuses. And she shared that the role of having a care coordinator or the role or function of a care coordinator is one of the first roles that they assign in a new campus or the primary functions of someone's role. So this doesn't have to be held by, this doesn't have to be a staff person that this is their only role. Maybe you have an associate or a youth pastor or a family director or something that has multiple responsibilities. But as long as there is one person who knows that this is the area that they are overseeing or they are responsible for this function, um, that is what really is needed. I would recommend that this person be on staff unless the church only has one or two employees. And then in that case, the person should be a high capacity volunteer because the care coordinator will be engaging with people and information that is confidential and oftentimes highly sensitive. So there needs to be a high level of discernment and discretion and maturity required. All right, let's walk through three primary functions of a care coordinator. So the first one is a care coordinator is responsible for ensuring that needs are communicated. This seems so simple, but it's often the place where so many churches get hung up. How a church receives care different or care needs differs from 
you know, congregation to congregation. Some use their digital management system like Planning Center or Church Community Builder or Rock. Other use more of an analog system like uh, a folder, a Google or a Dropbox, or maybe even a calendar. Either way, I think all the needs need to be need to be communicated or brought through one system. This process prevents inappropriate usage and prevents people from slipping through the cracks. Having all the care needs go through the same process allows for better follow-up and wraparound care. Now, I've seen churches have scattered systems where everyone is responsible for caring for their people, and, and, and there is no way to communicate or record or process or follow up. There's no real notes ever taken. And, and in these areas, you often see where kids' ministry send a gift card to a family in need because they heard that they're struggling. And then, you know, maybe a week or so later, uh, the office, someone in the office hears about this family in need. Maybe a small group leader emails or calls in, or they get a prayer request, um, you know, emailed to them. And then another gift card is sent. And then perhaps again, another time in the small group or in the youth or, or in a different area. And while I am sure that the family appreciates receiving multiple gifts from the church, this isn't always the best use of resources. Another example of having a scattered system or no system at all is that when there is a death in the church, but the person didn't get any support from the church because each staff or each leader assumed that someone else or another department was reaching out. And so people receive no support uh, or communication from the church after a death or a loved one. And so a care coordinator, what they would be responsible for is developing and maintaining this process of receiving care needs, ensuring that small group, prayer team, staff, ministry leaders all have access and know the process of how to submit care needs. As I said, it doesn't matter how or who is responsible uh, for this process, as long as there is someone appointed to oversee this. And, and we want this to happen because then there's continuity of care. People are receiving uh, similar support from the church and no one is missed. Now, a second responsibility of a care coordinator is the development of community partners. There is no way a church can meet all the needs that are, are, are presented or being asked of it. It takes collaboration with community partners to provide wraparound care for people. The responsibility of the care coordinator is to find and maintain community partners. Having one person connecting with people like food banks, housing support, mental health clinicians, this helps ensure clear and consistent communication with partners. Your church is regularly cl- collaborating with the community to provide care. Well, I'm assuming it is because that's, you know, there's no way that a church can do all things. And so it is helpful to have one person identified to build and maintain these communication and these relationship channels. One of the first things that I recommend for churches to do when developing their care ministry is to create a community resource directory. By knowing who provides what service and support in your community, you can grow immediately, really fast, grow your capacity to care for your congregation 
through referrals to community services. Now, developing trust with community partners can take time. Plus, the community system can be super complicated to work through. Let me tell you, between the mental health and behavioral health system and the housing system and the social assurance system, like it, there, there's a lot to take in there. So it's helpful to have one person communicating and collaborating with the community. Now, the third function of the care, co- care coordinator is to onboard and develop volunteer teams. The work of caring for the congregation in the community is way too big. It's so big and it's heavy. It cannot be the job of the care coordinator or of the pastor or of an, any individual. You really do need a team of people to care. So the care coordinator would oversee the onboarding, training, and supervision of the volunteers. I've talked a bit about volunteers in past episodes and past resources, but I do want to highlight when um, that when you select volunteers, diversity is key. Care volunteers need to have the maturity to respect confidentiality and maintain boundaries and not get sucked into other people's problems or struggles. But there is power in having volunteers from all different backgrounds, all different experiences, young people, seniors, both men and women can be caregivers and coaches. It is really having diversity of experience um, that you want to be able to offer care for people. But you also want people to have basic skills and an understanding of the church's mission, um, the volunteer role, ethics, and even boundaries. So common to care teams in churches that I see are prayer teams, visitation or meals ministry, or even mentorship or coaching ministries. And I've seen a lot of church creatively uh, work with their teams or develop really interesting teams, which is amazing. But with care, there needs to be accountability for volunteers. And, And this responsibility is ideally for the care coordinator. In episode 90, I talk about three great options for training your team. But again, training needs uh, need to be as unique as the people you support. So while I offer three great options, I recommend that the care coordinator oversee the process of onboarding volunteers and ensure training so that high quality care is offered. I recognize that the idea that the church has a role to play, or if I even am so bold to say that uh, it has the responsibility, the church has a responsibility to care for its people, is fairly new. The church I grew up in was more about how people could serve the church, not the other way around. The typical discipleship model pathway was that someone would start attending, uh, become, give their life to Christ, uh, you know, join a small group, become a member, serve on a team, and then become a tither. And that was often the end. Tithing or how someone could give or serve was often the end of the ride. Or maybe perhaps people would even go as far as taking on leadership roles and leading teams. But this is so linear and it's focusing on how others can serve the church. But we know that most people seek their faith community first before professionals if they're struggling. People have this expectation that the church is there to help 
them. So I think we've got it wrong. I don't think discipleship is this linear process, only looking at how people can engage with the church. There's this back and forth relationship where, and an expectation that the church cares for its people. At the same time, people are caring for their church and their time and finances and skills. And while I still feel that being a participant in your local church is super, super important, I think the church has missed an opportunity where it can come alongside others. I've you've probably noticed that your church has and has seen a huge increase in needs being presented to you. More and more people are struggling with their finances, with their mental health, and in their relationships. And I believe that care is the biggest opportunity for the church to connect, build trust, and share the love of Jesus. Extending care and compassion without expecting anything in return will transform your neighborhood. For some of you, I'm preaching to the choir, and care is something you have been wanting or working in or been passionate about, and you've been wanting your church to invest in this for a long time, but you just don't know how to approach your leadership about it. So I want to highly recommend that you check out episode 69 of the podcast, where I talk about how to get buy-in from your leadership on care. In that episode, I offer a download that talks about five points on how your care ministry supports the vision and grows your church. This will give you talking points and tips on how you can talk to your leadership about investing in care ministry. In the show notes of this episode, just scroll right down, a link to episode 69, as well as offer that same download on how to get buy-in or, or five points on how you're, you can talk to your leaders about, um, about care ministry. I believe that the role of a care coordinator should be in every church, no matter the budget or the size. Care is just too important to be left to chance. For those of you who are ready to jump in and take action, at Hope Made Strong, we offer the Care Ministry Cohort. This is a five-month mentorship that walks leaders through a step-by-step process of strengthening and building strategy and systems to care for your congregation. I want to say that I am so thankful for you. I am thankful for your heart uh, that you serve and your passion for your community. You are on the front lines of transforming your neighborhoods through care. And I appreciate and value you so, so much. Thank you for listening today, and I hope you have a fantastic